0: In the name of God, amen. Please be seated, everyone. If a stranger were to have stumbled into church this afternoon and didn't know anything about us, why we're here, what we're doing, the purpose of this gathering. And if that person didn't know anything about the God that we address and to whom we pray. And so only what we've said so far would be what they would know about our God, I wonder what impression they would have. Not so much about us, but about this God. We sang that Christ is alive. We prayed, or I prayed on our behalf, that in the plan of this God, Things that were cast down are being raised up, and things which had grown old are being made new. All things are being brought to their perfection by this one called Jesus. Then we, um, then we heard of a God who gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. That those who trust in this God will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And that nothing can separate us from the love of God, not anything not even, according to St. Paul, a list of some pretty terrible things that could happen to a human being, right? Nothing can separate us from the love of this God, not trouble or hardship or persecution or nakedness or famine or danger or sword, nothing. And that this same Jesus... Who is part of God somehow will be with us always, even to the very end of the age. So, if I were listening to all of this for the first time, I'd I think you all have a pretty amazing God. <laughs> Just saying. Who picked these readings, by the way? <laughs> I knew that. I knew you did. I knew that Tim would have wanted you all to think about our amazing God, who gives strength to the weary, whose love is unconditional and always with us, even when we're going through our hardest times And that Christ is with us always, even to the end of the age. And he also gives us a really big job to do. Right? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of God and teaching them everything I've taught you. But remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So what if we began to tell this person, this imaginary person, the story of these two churches? Christ Church La Plata, Christ Church Wayside. Just tell them about your story and how it is that you came together to celebrate this day and this relationship and how that happened, you know, kind of step by step, how the conversations began and how the friendships were formed and how the leap was taken right all of you together and about this this man former methodist <laughs> we love methodists teacher who felt a call to come into this tradition Um, Serving as a chaplain, loving being a chaplain, but doing some Sunday supply now and then. And coming down to Charles County and falling head over heels in love with you. And in the process, hearing an echo of a call that he heard and followed years before that he thought was forever lost to him and now given back because of you. I think that person would say, you all are amazing. And the God who made all this possible is pretty amazing. So here's the only thing I'm going to add to this story today. You can afford to be brave. You can afford to be really, really brave in your lives and in your collective life as churches because God has your back. And you've been given an amazing gift in one another and in the leadership of this man. And... Tim, conversely, you can afford to be bold because God has your back and he has given you an amazing gift in these congregations. You also are a bit of a beacon to the rest of us. I don't know if you know that. We talk about you all the time (laughs) and how brave you are and how important the work you've done is. And other congregations are watching you to see how it's going to turn out. I also want to say something else to you, something you already know. But there are a lot of people around you now. There are a lot of people, and more are coming. And there is a spiritual hunger in the people around you. But right now, our churches are not the places where the majority of those people think they're going to find living water. I don't know why, but it's true. Um, There are other churches that are coming into town, and I think perhaps because they're starting from a different place, They're actually starting with the eyes of missionaries. They're coming in, maybe they're from this community, I've I've been following a couple of them, some of the churches that you know, and one of the things that's really interesting about them is that they start with an assessment of their communities, and they get to know who the people are, and what the people need, and what the people like, what makes them comfortable, what makes them happy, what they're struggling with. And then they tailor their message of the gospel to meet as closely they can what they hear the people need. That sounds like a pretty good strategy to me and one that we might learn from. Not to take away who we are, not to become something that we're not, But because we've been here for so long, how long has this church been here? Since 1692, but who's counting, right? (laughs) Right. So we have in our fabric the gift of this amazing history and tradition and a a, a way of being church that that many of us really, really love. Uh, I do. But I think we have a little bit of a translation problem. It's kind of like the, the people in the 1600s who insisted that everyone had to speak a certain language when they came to church, right? Even if they didn't speak that language at home, they had to speak they had to speak Latin in church. But no one spoke Latin. So they didn't understand what was happening in church. And as soon as the language of the people was what was spoken in church, The church took off again like wildfire. What I'm suggesting to all of us, myself included as your bishop, is that we have some language to learn, the language of our people, the language of your children and grandchildren, your neighbors and friends, maybe even in your own heart a little bit, the language of your own prayer. And if we bring that into this place in a way that's authentic to us and honors everything that God has given us, you couldn't stop this church if you tried. If we don't do it, the likelihood that we will thrive in this new land diminishes with every passing day. It's just the nature of church, right? If you don't adapt to your environment, you can't thrive. So it's not only a good suggestion, it's a really powerful strategy for helping our communities to thrive. So your charge is to discern with God everything that you love that is non-negotiable to who you are, and then to figure out where on the edges you actually have some flexibility to learn the language of the people around you. And in that space, you will find the mission and ministry to which you are called in this place. And I'm asking you to be brave. And I'm asking you, Tim, to be bold. The God who brought you to this place is both brave and bold. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. It's the least we can do in response to the treasures entrusted to us and in faithfulness to the ministry of this place. Amen. Oh, one more thing. I forgot this part. We're all in it with you. Right, we're all in it. We're all in this together. Um, Who's a guest here today? All right, see all these people. We're all in this together with you. So we've got your back, and you, um, you are amazing. Okay, Amen. amen.